When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's another day closer to opening night for the PHNX Coyotes podcast brought to you by the one and only DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's number one sportsbook app. I'm Steve Peters, along with Craig Morgan. Leah Merrill has a much-deserved day off, and she left Craig and I to carry the load on this Thursday. Welcome to Thursday, Craig. <laughs> you got all the ad reads, buddy. All I know. <laughs> yeah, we'll see if I can stumble through it. I, I, gotta, I don't even have my notes organized here, but that's okay. That's okay. Um, Leah will be back tomorrow for our Friday live show, uh, but she needs a day off before we get this season rolling. Speaking of the season, Craig, the NHL season opens tomorrow, yep. Friday. There's back-to-back games in Prague. Then the NHL Global Series continues this year after taking a couple of years off between the Nashville Predators and the San Jose Sharks. Craig, is this important? Is this important to the league? Is it important to the players? What do you think uh, of the global series? I'm I'm not sure that it's important to the players from the perspective of let's grow the game. I'm not sure they're thinking so much about that. It might be cool to be in Prague. You would know a lot about that since you were there 12 years ago. We'll talk about that in 12? a minute. Holy <laughs> yes, yeah. But from a, a league standpoint, this is marketing, right? And Listen, I don't know. I, marketing to me is just so nebulous, right? How do you know that these games are making any sort of impact? How do you know that you're growing the game by bringing just two NHL games to the continent in a season? I don't know. I, I, I honestly don't know. My dream, of course, PD, is someday the NHL expands to Europe. There's a European division or even a European conference. I'm on all on board with that, especially for the road trips, of course. But in terms <laughs> yeah, of sure. in terms <laughs> of the value to the game, I don't know. We hear it. We hear people say, oh, it's for growing the game. Show me the numbers. Show me the a- actual proof that it actually has an impact. I've never seen it. Yeah, for me, it's a, I don't. I understand, and you see all the, the Roman Yossi stories that were created this week when he went back to, to the team he played for in, in Switzerland. And the great stories, great human interest stories. It's great for the player and the communities, and, and I, I do believe it, it sparks some interest for the clubs. The one thing I'm concerned about and question, I, I don't want to say concern, that, that takes it a bit too far, is making these games regular season games. Uh, and, you know, I, I guess that, that that they're over that hump now. They used to take more teams. You'd go play preseason games there. I get it. You can evaluate some of your talent. You can bring some of your players. It gives you longer for training camp. I, I think it can bond your club, all of those things. But to throw regular season games, I think that's where it starts. gets a little tricky. But you see it in the NFL now. Not only do they, in the NFL, not only do they send the, the teams all over the globe, they do it in the middle of the season. Like they're not doing it. At least this is in the beginning of the season. The Predators and Sharks will travel home. They'll have a week to recover before they play again. They're not going to instantly put them on a back-to-back, so they'll get time for their bodies to recover. But to make these regular season games is 
I, I don't know. Are the exhibition games that become regular season point counters? I, I, I don't know. I, I, I do see the value, Craig, and I, I think there's great stories and, and travel. You know, everybody's traveling first class and first class hotels. It is a time issue. But honestly, like going from, from Phoenix to, to Montreal, you saw how difficult that was. It was probably easier for the Preds to get to Prague. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think, you know, world outreach, you're right. I think it's great for the game to go global. And I think, you know, with the TV contracts and the ability to show these games worldwide through, you know, broadcast networks, I think it's really important that they reach out. Um, so I think it's a good thing. I think it's positive. Um, I, I just, I, I'm somebody has to twist my arm to convince me playing for regular season points matters. How much, and you mentioned a little bit of cushion when they come back to to acclimate to the time zone and the uh, the jet lag, all that, but how much of an impact? You were there in 2010 with the Coyotes playing in Prague against the Bruins, um, which I think is the last time the Coyotes beat the Bruins in a game in which the Bruins were designated as the yeah. home team, by the way. Um, but you were there. How much of an impact does it have on the body, on the mind, and how long does it take to recover from that? Well, me personally, I don't, I don't know if I'm a good guy to take an example of because we landed from we went from Phoenix to Halifax. And by then you're going, oh, my gosh, this was an incredibly long day and we're only in Halifax. So you're incredibly tired at that point, landed in Prague and went right to the rink. And I mean, right to the rink. So after flying, I don't remember the flight. I'd have to call Bronco 16 hours to get there. And then you go right to the rink to practice. And that was off complete fog. I've, I've barely any memory of that first practice there, but it was hard. And I, and I think, you know, the players, maybe because they were younger, they went to practice and then went to bed. And so now they're sleeping. I think they were able to get their sleep on track quicker because they had more breaks to get sleep in. There was food, practice, sleep, food, practice, sleep, where the staff, when we were working, preparing for a regular season game, it was practice. Okay, now we got to work. Now we got to have meetings. Now we have pick rosters. Now we got to plan for the Boston Bruins. So I, I don't know in the 10 days that we were, I don't know if it was 10 days. It wasn't 10 days. In the five or six days that we were there, I don't know if I ever acclimated. I honestly yeah. don't like it was, I was up bouncing in the around too. Didn't you go to Riga? We went to Riga for a preseason game and yeah. the coaching staff, the, 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 the worst, the, the travel party, the, the trainers, the medical guys, they're all going, Hey, we're going to go out in Prague tonight. Got a nice dinner and tour the city of Prague. What did the coaching staff do? We jumped in a van and drove. I don't remember to, in my mind, it was four hours to Puerto Beach to watch the Boston Bruins play an exhibition game against Peter Nedved's team. And we're like, what? <laughs> really? We need to go do this tonight just to see how they're going to play an exhibition game. So we had to scout an exhibition game hours away. And I just remember the road and the driver and I'm going, Oh my God, are, are we even going to make it to this city? I was very, very concerned. So I didn't get a chance to look around. We were busy. It was a regular season game. So there was prep work and a lot going on. So I, 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 I know the players took it seriously, but they also had an opportunity to have fun. I mean, it was, it's, it's not like you're, you know, practicing at the ice den in Scottsdale and you go home and you sleep and you eat and you're in your regular routine. You're in Prague. Like it, there's things to do. There's history and culture to see. There's restaurants to eat at. There's like, it was, it was a vacation. It's hard to get that. Hey, let's dive in and, and dive into opening night when we're in down our hotels in downtown Prague. And I, and I think that the, you're going to see that with the Predators and the Sharks. It's hard to focus on opening night, and they really won't feel like the season is beginning until they get back to North America. 
even though these games count and they're playing, I, I think it's going to be for these two teams, it's going to be difficult until they get back. Overall, though, when you come back from that trip, what, what's the opinion of it? Did, did guys enjoy doing it? Did they like the fact that the Coyotes were called to do that sort of thing? Uh, I think it was a mix. I mean, I, overall, the overexposed now, and I look back at it 12 years removed. Yeah, great. Fantastic. Had a wonderful time. I remember in the moment, in, it was an incredibly high stress moment for me because I, I, you know what my job was. I'm in charge of all these computers and videos. And guess what? The power plugs are different. I, I don't know if you've ever heard that. So, so imagine my stress level when I get there and I go, oh, my stuff doesn't work. So, I mean, we knew that going in and there were plans and we, we planned all these things out. But those are the little things that just come naturally here in an NHL rink that don't come naturally when you go around the world. For the players, I think the players as a whole liked it, except for the the, the travel it was really tough coming back. And I, I remember coming back and even after taking a few days off and getting back on the ice, it was difficult. Practice was difficult. Getting your head right wrapped around. I think that was a slow start to the season because of that trip. While you're there in the moment, I think every player and every staff member looks back at that fondly. But again, you talk to Stan Wilson, the equipment guys, I, I mean, now again, 12 years removed. Oh, great, great trip in the time, in the moment, packing and, and flying to a, a day day of game in Riga, flying to Riga, Latvia, and flying home. In Riga. The Sorry, facilities are not NHL. You don't know where to put stuff. You don't. We talk about it here when they go to, to places like Boise. Can imagine going to Riga, Latvia. You got communication issues now. Now you got. We talked about the electrical already. Things just were different. So I think there were a lot of challenges for teams that you don't have to deal with during a training camp during a time when things are already difficult enough. When you have extra bodies around, when you have players trying to focus and make a team. You just bring in all that other outside noise. And I think that's probably the most difficult for the people that are really close to it. Again, nationally on a, on a global basis for the NHL, I think it's fantastic. I just think when you dial it right down to the people there, it's 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 hard. It's hard. And once the puck drops tomorrow night, they're going to play hockey. And it's going to be a full building and it's going to be a great game. Um, but I, I, I think... I think there are a lot of challenges. And, and you know, when you look back at the history of this, this has been going on for a long time. And, uh, yeah, and I know you've done some research on what the history of this the playing internationally has been. Yeah. And by the way, apologies for my uh, Danny DeVito taxi reference while you were speaking there. I, I can't. Whenever I hear the name Riga, I just think of Danny DeVito as Louie in, in taxi and I got to scream Riga. So I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Rieger. Everybody, we didn't say the R. See, I get that reference. Leah's at so, home going, what? What's taxi? Who's Danny DeVito? Exactly. Leah's like, taxi, what's that? Exactly. <laughs> no clue what the show is. Anyway, the NHL's international games actually date back a long way. 1938. What? The Detroit Red Wings and the Montreal Was that Canadian. your senior year? <laughs> wow. <laughs> See what I did there? <laughs> did a European tour where they played in London, England, Brighton, England, and Paris, and I'm not going to say wow. Paris, France, because it drives me crazy when people say Paris, France. Like, what else are we talking about other than Paris, France? Wow. Anyway, they, yeah, it's crazy, PD, because they didn't just play two games. They played eight games. Wow. Eight games from April 21st to May 14th. Hey, how, how do you feel about going and spending a month over in Europe? Okay, that's what the Canadians and Red Wings had to do in the 30s when travel Probably wasn't as easy as it is now. Not that travel is easy now, but in the 30s, I'm guessing it was a little more difficult. The Bruins and the Rangers did a European tour in 1959. And this one, I mean, it's crazy how many games. Let's, let me count these. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16 games between wow. the Bruins and Rangers in London, 
Geneva, Switzerland, Paris, Antwerp, Belgium, Zurich, Switzerland, Dortmund, and Essen, West Germany, and Krefeld, too. They went to Berlin. They went to Vienna. That's nuts. They were there from April 29th to May 24th. Again, a whole month. So it goes way back to then. Of course, there have been some super series that had involved um, NHL teams playing against Soviet teams. You, those were great matchups, actually. I loved watching that stuff when I was a kid. And yes, I was born back then, Petey. So, <laughs> uh, But then you, you, you start to get to more of the modern era when you move past the super series that they played games against Swedish teams. The Capitals and North Stars did it in the 80s. Um, there, there were other super series games uh, between the Soviets still that went on. And then we get to more of the modern era where they started doing this global series. Um, this isn't going anywhere, obviously. The NHL has been doing this for a very long time, trying to market its game, mostly in Europe, of course, where there are hockey-playing nations. But there was even a trip to Japan at one point where NHL teams played in Japan. So thinking outside the box, and we'll get to this a little later, I, I want to talk about that, the idea of trying to market the game, not just in Europe, but to the world. I know this is something that is very important to Javier Gutierrez, the the president and CEO of the Coyotes. They've talked about trying to get a game in Mexico City. We'll get to that in a minute. But Japan, can you imagine that? The Kansas City Scouts and the Washington Capitals did a Japanese tour in the 70s. That's pretty cool. So did the Ducks and the Canucks. Well, you know, one thing they didn't have at the Japanese tour, Craig, was four peaks. <laughs> Unfortunately, you can, you, we can always enjoy it here in, in the greater Arizona area, but I'm sure they didn't have it on the Japan series, although I would have smuggled some on the plane. Um, we've got a lot of cool events coming up at one of our partners, Four Peaks. So always stay tuned to the the uh, gophnx.com to see what's coming up next. We've got last Wednesday's coming up October 26th when PHNX takes over all of Four Peaks and does all of their shows live on the last Wednesday of every month. That's Wednesday, October 26th. There's drink specials, food specials. You can come watch Craig live, and I know that it can – be very very exciting as he eats his chicken tendies and last time we had the pumpkin oh, cheesecake absolutely dynamite we got an asu tailgate coming up there for the home opener at the mullet arena unfortunately craig will be traveling with the yacht so he'll miss that one that's going to be a lot of fun that event sold out literally in hours just throwing that out there craig in hours so uh, awesome. people are excited to see the mullet we will also stay tuned Still TBD, but uh, the home opener for the Yotes. We might be swinging by Four Peaks again. Enjoy pumpkin porter this time of year. Um, fall is in the air, so you get your pumpkin porter. And I already mentioned the pumpkin cheesecake. Outstanding. You must be 21 years or older to enjoy the wonderful beer products at Four Peaks, but you don't need to be 21 to get the chicken tendies. And if you haven't tried the chicken tendies at Four Peaks, uh, it's an absolute must. And we had them last time I was there. Please, 21 and older, and please enjoy Four Peaks responsibly. Craig, the European game, one of the things that happens when you play in Europe, you're dealing with other countries. You're mm -hmm. dealing with different political systems and governments. <laughs> and that has come up in this most recent series with teams going to Prague and Dominic Hasek, former goaltender in the National Hockey League coming out and saying that Russian players should not be allowed to play in Prague with the current political climate in Europe. Any thoughts? Yeah. Yeah. I, this is a tough one for me. Um, I mean, the Czech government has already allowed those players to arrive and play. They're going to play on Dominic Hasek's comments, notwithstanding this isn't changing at this point. The NHL has already reached agreement with the government. And I don't know that I entirely agree with Hasek's stance on this. Look, you can, 
you can criticize some Russian players for not coming out against the war. Some have, but you also have to understand the reality of that situation. It's not like uh, political discourse is is uh, encouraged as much in Russia as it is in the United States. If you come out against Vladimir Putin, you just might, uh, you know, consume a beverage with poison in it. Or if you're a journalist, you might just accidentally fall off a balcony at your apartment. Uh, it's it's a scary situation to come out against Vladimir Putin. Um, so to to say that the players shouldn't be involved in this when they have no part in the war, I don't know. I, I, I don't know that I entirely agree with him. I don't think you punish all of the countrymen, uh, everyone that is Russian or of Russian descent because your your premier is a lunatic. Yeah, one of the things, and, and I have a hard time because I always want to separate politics and world events from the game of hockey, specifically the NHL. I, I understand it, and, and I'll make one brief statement, so hopefully people tune in because I'm not going to talk often. When you have a worldwide event, i.e. Olympics, World Juniors, um, World Cup, when you have tournaments where that country is represented wearing that sweater, then I think this applies then you don't allow a, a Russian team to be in the World Juniors. You don't allow a Russian team to be in um, the Olympics. I think that makes sense. When you talk about a player uh, like a Kirill Kaprizov being a Russian player, um, uh, Termi Pernarin, I don't know. They're New York Rangers. They're representing the New York Rangers. They're representing the Minnesota Wild. They're not necessarily representing their country at that time. Whatever their political beliefs may be. I think they're representing that team, and that's the sweater they're wearing, as opposed to playing for Team Team Russia. That's so a, I, 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 I think in this circumstance, the players should be allowed, um, definitely be allowed to play. That's a good distinction, actually. I hadn't even thought of that, but yeah, when it's you know Hashek's argument is that it's free advertisement promoting Russian players, but I, I'm not sure that people are thinking about that. They're they're thinking about the Nashville Predators and the San Jose Sharks playing. You're right. If it's if it's if it says Russia on the jersey, that's that's a different thing. And and we saw the reaction from the international community where Russia was barred from those sorts of events. So that's probably the distinction. I I, I know, you know, I respect Dominique Hashek's opinion, but I think he's in I think he's in the minority here. I actually talked to a couple other Czech players and they're like, eh, I don't I don't know. I think that's going a little too hard. I'm not sure that that's the right tack to take. Yeah, well. I look at Prague and I've seen some of the, the tours and people what's going on in Prague right now. And you see the mascot for the Nashville Predators doing the big tour of Prague. And that's where I looked at this and go, this is where it's hard to focus on. This is opening night. And yeah. I think when you, you go to the Coyotes and they're going to travel to Pittsburgh, they'll have a meal in Pittsburgh and they'll get ready to play the Pittsburgh Penguins. These guys today right now are out in Prague. I mean, they're not, they're not, I don't know if they're focused on, on the game and the task at hand, as opposed to enjoying the, I don't want to say nightlife because that makes it sound like they're out having a big party. I don't mean that. I mean, enjoying the sights and sounds of, of a great city. And I think that that's the part where as a coaching staff, they're really trying to figure out how to dial those guys in. Yeah. How do you manage that? Because you are there in some ways to market the game and to enjoy the city. How do you, how do you balance that? I remember when we were at, there were events and you had to have players go speak at events. Or I remember there were players that had to go play street hockey in the, in the, in the town square in Prague um, because you were, you're selling the game and you, yeah. you know, we had Boston Bruin players there and Coyotes players there. And I remember that was always a challenge for the coaching staff to go, who do we send to that? Like, can't send Shane Doan to everything. Like Shane Doan can't. Shane Doan's got to sleep. 
in Redeem Verbata and Martin Hans, all the guys that were from Prague at the time, and Marty Pruka, that's who they, or Peter Pruka, I'm sorry, that's who people wanted to go see, but they got to get ready for the game. So it was always the extra forward, the backup goalie. Those are the guys that they'd roll out to those events the closer the games got. And it just it was hard to stay focused on the game. Uh, you, but once the puck drops, that our advantage, and, and I think when I say our, I mean the Coyotes' advantage at that time, playing the Boston Bruins in Prague, the advantage for the Coyotes is they had guys from Chechia on the team. And I think that made a huge difference. We talked about hands over Bada and Pruka, guys that were there. And when they booked it, um, Lang was still on the team. And he saw another Czech connection. And you go, okay, those guys, they were elite during those games. Peter Pruka gets, I, I don't quote me, I'll have to go back. To, and I didn't go to, he, I know he scored in those games. Like Peter Pruka was, was great in those games too. Yeah, absolutely. So I think that yeah. gave the Coyotes edge. And that's why they beat, but the Boston Bruins ended up winning the Stanley Cup that year. And the Coyotes <laughs> beat them in, in their home opener in Prague. But yeah, but you're right. Getting that focus is is very difficult. And and Craig, we're going to talk about it later. What, what the Coyotes coaches are looking for in these next three days. This is Nashville's training camp. I don't know how you you have to bring extra players over there because you're still fighting for spots. You get extra roster spots because you're in Europe, but you still have to bring extra guys. Like you're making those difficult decisions on the other side of the world. And, and I just, I, I if I'm a young player that's trying to crack one of these two lineups, did I get a was it fair? Did I get a good look? Did I get, or did you yeah. cut me early because you had to get the roster done before you jumped on a charter? So that that's another concern about doing this for actual training camp and trying to pick teams. So I want to talk about a uh, source of annoyance for me. Um, since the Coyotes last went abroad 12 years ago, and by the way, this was right before pretty much I jumped back on the beat full time, which is really annoying. To oh, me. so you didn't get to go? I didn't get to go to Prague. Nope. <laughs> I get one more story. I just thought something. Good. <laughs> so what are we saying, Greg? Why, why are you annoyed? I am annoyed because since the Coyotes last went abroad 12 years ago, 19 of the NHL's 32 teams have played an international game. Only 13 have not. And it's not even fair to put teams like Vegas and Seattle and, and even some of the other teams that have come along more recently in that boat. The Coyotes need to get another international game. And look, I don't think it's going to happen before they get this arena approved. I, in some ways, I think it could help them. They might even make some money off of it, and God knows they need to make some money. But I can't see the Coyotes playing an international game before they get this arena approved. But I want to see them back. I want to go. And and I love Javier's idea of playing a game in Mexico. Not necessarily in Mexico City. I know he, had his, he has his eyes on Guadalajara as well. We'll see where it ends up being. But... As I mentioned earlier, you know, the NHL had those that handful of games that they played in Japan, and, and there's some thought to partnering with China. They're trying to do some things with China. But I feel like the NHL does need to think about expanding its footprint outside of the traditional hockey-playing nations. It's great. Keep going to Europe. Keep marketing the game there. Absolutely. I still want to see a European division. But let's expose other people to this sport. I know it's an expensive sport. It's probably not realistic in some nations, but... As nations' economies emerge, like obviously Japan's already has, like China's is doing, and maybe some other nations, maybe you have the possibility of introducing something new in those nations. And it's just cool to be in a different culture, have them exposed. Again, it's just an exchange of cultures, an exchange of experiences. I love that idea. Yeah, and you're talking about right now, the timing for that is great. You're you know, in the middle of Hispanic Heritage Month, and you've seen how the Coyotes have uh, have really been pushing that as an, an agenda item for their franchise. And I think this ties in absolutely fantastic with that. But 
on a greater note, you get same time zones, so you can play the games prime time. Um, <laughs> yeah, travel is much easier, right? Travel is much easier, and yeah. you're able to get back to your own time zone, acclimate, and get ready for your season much faster. I think it makes a lot of sense, and I think the Coyotes are the team to do it. I, I, I really do. I think that that's a great tie-in, and I know this franchise is going to continue to push for that over the coming years. There's only a handful of teams, right? I mean, when you look at the sort of the the, the border cities, L.A., Anaheim, Dallas, the Coyotes, maybe Vegas. And, I, and listen, I'm, I know there are large Hispanic populations in other places. Florida probably has one as well in the major cities. But when you're talking about border cities and then you throw in the fact that they've got the first Latino majority owner in NHL history and the first Latino president CEO in NHL history, it's a no brainer. The Coyotes have to be involved in the first game in we'll bring that up at, at your next meeting craig with with, with gary uh, yeah. the commissioner gary bettman because we know yeah, your monthly meeting is coming up uh, soon week. so yeah. <laughs> yeah your monthly meeting where you throw out all the craig's yeah. nuggets you bring your mailbag with you and show them hey here's another idea i have gary <laughs> and see how that dinner goes i'm sure it's fantastic speaking of dinner i'm going to give you one last story of of my experience to prague and, and craig you you've been around me you know me i'm not a great eater i don't i'm not a foodie I've expanded my horizons a lot as I continue to grow older, but I had a problem in Prague and, and, and I, I, I know people reading the local cuisine and going out to local restaurants. I, we did have a, I will say this, we went out to one big Italian dinner, which is kind of ironic. We went to an Italian dinner in Prague, but I, <laughs> my relief came when I found steps from our hotel. There was an, a, an English pub in in the Prague Square. And I, I recognize they had the British arms out in front of it, the flag. And I go, oh my goodness, I finally get to eat. <laughs> <laughs> I ran and ate there. The Indeed. next day, I found a pizza place. Okay. They didn't speak English, but was able. I was able to point at the menu. So I was able to eat that day. And then the last day around the corner, as I strolled around Prague, I was able to find a hard rock cafe. So oh, I no. really expanded my cuisine and my my worldly food items to Hard Rock Cafe and English Pub and Pizza, so I nailed that real Prague Czech experience. Oh boy! Oh, Craig, Craig. Well, it's time to start thinking about opening night, and you can go to your DraftKings Sportsbook app, and you can already bet on this game tomorrow. Nashville Predators are favored by a goal and a half. They're minus one and a half over the San Jose Sharks, who we have already predicted is going to be very bad in the Pacific. Um, over under is six. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I, I have a feeling I'd hit the over. That's me because it takes hard, longer to get your defensive systems in place. Goaltending is always a little suspect, especially at the beginning of the season. So I'd look at the over under on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. But it's also football stadium. football stadium. There I go. Football season. So new customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. If that's not enough, everyone can boost their winnings with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays right now. For every leg you add, you can boost your winnings up to 100% with payouts bigger than ever. Why not? Why? I See, this is why we need Leah. Can Leah come back soon? <laughs> why would you bet on football anywhere else? To make things even sweeter, you can throw down on stepped-up same-game parlays once per game day all season long. It's simple. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook right now. Use promo code PHNX. Promo code PHNX on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. Please see show notes for details. I'm taking the Sharks and the over in this. Oh, not the Sharks. Good grief. I've got the Preds and the over. i got got McDonough joining that Pred. Uh, Yoshi's going to be on fire. 
uh, UC Saros. I'll, I'll take the Preds and the over, and I'll take the, the minus one and a half. <sighs> okay, Craig, we've talked about all we can about this whole global initiative for the NHL. And I can agree there's positive and negatives, but right now we're going to talk about how it is to be a coach in these situations and not just coaching in Europe, coaching in the preseason. So the Coyotes have two games coming up. They got one in Vancouver and back-to-back, and then they'll travel to Boise to face the Vegas Golden Knights again, although this time Vegas will have a complete lineup and roster in place. So what do we think about the Coyotes going into these last two games? There's a couple of things. We got to talk bubble players. We got to talk coaching decisions. What are the storylines for Craig Morgan going into these last two preseason games? few things that I'm keeping an eye on. Number one, the backup goaltending spot. Jonas Johansson got his first look in the last game. Yeah, mixed results on that one. I'll, I'll, I'll give Jonas Johansson's performance uh, the Thomas Grice, Grice uh, review. Yeah. It was okay. <laughs> it was okay. Uh, but I don't, I don't think by any means he sees the backup spot in that game. Um, and, and we've talked, by the way, we were just talking about the international game. The Nashville Predators have a goaltender in Connor Ingram who could be on waivers when they return from Europe. They get to keep 25 players over there, but when they come back, he could be on waivers and that could be an opportunity. There could be other opportunities. So Jonas Johansson needs to seize the backup spot. Other than that, it, it's really a, a few roster battles. Can can Alex Chason make this roster? Is he going to be there? Are they going to keep Dylan Gunther for a few games? Maybe not the full nine games, but are they going to keep him on the roster? Uh, what a, what a, what are the blue? What does the blue line look like? Those depth positions is Jacob Chikrin actually going to be ready? I don't think so. If so, who slots into that spot? And who is the odd man out on the blue line? We talked a lot about this, of course, yesterday on the live show when we projected the lines, pairs, and goaltending tandem. But it's really about roster battles. I don't know. I, I mean, normally, Petey, you'd say you want you want your players to get systems down. You want them to be versed in everything before they go into the season. But everything has a qualifier in front of it for the Coyotes these days because does it really matter? Yeah, and that's what it's it's hard. I, I know we looked at the roster in depth yesterday. So and, and everybody that missed that one, go back to yesterday's podcast or go to YouTube so you can actually see the visual aids that we prepared um, to go through this roster where we went through every player much more in depth. But I I, I agree, Craig. I think that the goaltending battle to me is going to be really interesting. And right now it's not a battle. It's it's who's going to fill that hole. And, and if it is, I tell you what, if it's Vimelka and Johansson going in. I, I think Vimelka is going to get a lot more work than he did last season. I, I don't know if it's a situation where you thought the veggie wedgie matchup and they, they went with, with who was hot and they went on streaks and they had more even playing time. I think if it's veggie Johansson, I think veggie is the guy and veggie is going to have to carry the ball a lot more, but I agree with you. I think those they'll, they'll still have an opportunity to look at, at other goal goalies trying to get through waivers before opening night. As far as the bubble guys, and we talked about them, Dauphin, Yannick, Michelli, Alex, Alex Jason to me is the real question mark. Does he, what is the coaching staff and management thinking about Alex Jason? I, I, we like him. We think he fits and we think he fits at this time for this team. Uh, unfortunately, we're not in the room, so we don't know. I, I think that's the biggest decision that drives us along with Dylan Gunther. Does he get one, two, three, nine games um, to get a little taste of the NHL before going back to junior? Then I think we both agree that's where he belongs on the back end. The biggest question still hanging over everything is Jacob Chikrin. Is he one? Is he going to be healthy? Is he going to trying to get healthy? Is he going to be in camp or not camp? Is he going to play? He's not going to play in the preseason. I don't see it. 
when will he be healthy enough to play? And does he need to play to get traded? I, one would think so. I, I, he hasn't played in a long, long time now. Somebody's going to take a flyer on him and put up that kind of um, capital to get him to come their way. I would think he's got to play first. And so the back end, you're looking at Nemeth, Koyachonuk, Mayo, even Mosier. We we gave Mosier almost a free pass, but he's, he, you know, he's only played 40-some games in the league himself. So I think there are still some question marks, and that's the biggest thing that you're going to see over these next two games. You're going to see all of these guys that I mentioned. I would guess most of them will play in one or both. I know you can't play both because you want to get all your lines squared away, but you got to take a look at them. If you're seriously thinking Alex Chason's on this team, he's got to play. And you got to play him with the people you think he might play with. So hopefully everybody gets a fair crack over the next two days. But that's the most difficult because you're as a coach, you're looking at two different things. You're looking at, I got to pick the roster. So I got to give these guys an opportunity to play. But I also have to get the guys and lines and players ready to play opening night because this is their last dress rehearsal on getting the opportunity to play and build some chemistry. So it's a tough to juggle and balance those two things going into these last two games. And, and I think you're starting to see it more and more across the league. Everybody's putting in their roster. And they're, they might have one or two guys on the fourth line that are still fighting for spots. But even we talk about Schmoltz, Keller, Boyd. Well, Keller hasn't played yet. Yeah. Will Keller play in these last two games? I, I would think he has to. I mean, you can't go after being hurt with the, the horrific injury he had last year and not playing a single preseason game leading into their their season opener i'd be extremely surprised if he didn't play one of these two if not both but now you're talking about putting him in on a back-to-back which makes no sense to me so the there's i don't know what's going on behind the scenes with clayton keller i'm surprised he did not play in the last game against vegas and then again playing vegas again on saturday with a day in between to give him rest that surprises me um or playing him vegas to vancouver and then let him rest the last day of the year if there are still some issues with his health so the point coming all full circle is you got to play line lines together that you think you're going to be there opening night but you got to leave spaces for the guys that are fighting for these spots andre turnier and um GM Bill Armstrong have a lot of decisions yet to make. And, and I think these, they are going to be some tough decisions and they're going to be some financial decisions. There's going to be some, you know, player development decisions, but this is all going to bear out by Monday. All right. Boy. Wow. That was, some, yeah. look at that. That, that. that was some dead air. <laughs> I like it. That's good for an audio podcast, but that's okay. Craig. I, I mean, the season's here, PD. The season is here. It's crazy. Sorry, and you know you what? Go. You want to go? No, you know what you can do now though, because the season is coming. You can go buy tickets and you know where you can buy tickets. You can buy tickets at game time and at game last time. minute tickets, by the way, because I'm not tech tech savvy. I already told you about my brother-in-law and the Raiders of Las Vegas looking for tickets there. I told you yesterday I went looking for concert tickets. I Tickets are there. Game time, if you're last minute and you're just making your decision to go to an event, whether it's a concert or a sporting event, please check out game time before you purchase your tickets because I'm not kidding. Ticket deals are amazing, up to 60% off your tickets if you go to Game Time. Scroll down in the description of our podcast or the YouTube channel. Find the link to Game Time there. Click on it. It'll pull up right away to all the local events in Phoenix. You can check concerts, uh, sporting events, and again, up to 60% off on tickets when you buy the tickets last minute. And we know that we're all procrastinators on this show, so it's the best place to go. The best way to support us is, is to click on that link in our description. Go to game time, 60% off all of your tickets. Yeah, let me underscore that. It is it is the best way to support PHNX Sports, one of our key partners, Game Time. But I am I don't I don't know the mechanics of this. I don't know why it is, but Game Time really does have the cheapest ticket prices. It's crazy. 
I don't I don't know how they do it. I don't know if it's volume. I, I haven't studied it. I, I should probably know this ball better, bearings. But it's all yeah, but it's ball bearings. Exactly. Leah, another reference that went right over Leah's head. It's all ball bearings. <laughs> but the no bottom idea. line is, and this is all that people care about when they're buying tickets. How do I get them cheaper? You go to game time. It's that simple. Yeah. Um, well, Craig, we're starting to wind down. What's we're wind up next on PHNX at gophnx.com well, for Craig so S. Morgan. For this. So uh, as everyone knows now, former Coyote Keith Yandel announced his retirement on the Spin Chicklets podcast. We're going to have Keith Yandel live on the show Friday. I will also have a story on Keith Yandel up Friday morning before that show goes live. So lots of lots of jelly content coming in. Lots of jelly <laughs> content. Lots of jelly on Friday. That's it's gonna that's be a fun show. And tune in live tomorrow, Friday, eleven o'clock, to the PHNX Pod Coyotes podcast because I think there might be some special stories and special things. I, I, that's all i'll just tease it i'll just a little tease on that <laughs> no, one so i don't want to yeah. it, it, could, it could be a fun show um and we already talked about what it is to be a member here at phnx um and all the great things that it can provide being a member of phnx and the phnx community we talk about it going across all sports in this great state of arizona and you can follow everybody on the written content you follow craig and uh, on the go phnx.com site and read all of his material um, and everything that happens in the Coyotes, you're going to hear it first from Craig. You can follow any of our other sports. As a matter of fact, we talked about our members-only ASU event on the opening night of ASU. That was a member-only event. You needed to be a member to get those tickets and be a part of that event at uh, our opening night for ASU. So be a part of the PHNX family. Head over to gophnx.com today. That's gophnx.com today and become a member of the family, and you'll get either a free T-shirt from the PHNX locker or your first month for just 50 cents just to sign up and try it out. And once you try it out and read what Craig's got to say, but again, it's basketball season and you got to start following up on those sons, ASUs in the midst of all of their sports right now. I, I think if you need sports information in the state of Arizona, it's going to be at gophnx.com and specifically, and I'll pump our show a little bit. If you want to talk about the Arizona coyotes, there really isn't anywhere else to go but the PHNX Coyotes podcast. So if you haven't already subscribed, please do so. Subscribe to our podcast across all platforms. Craig, we'll tune in tomorrow for Keith Yandel. And next week, we got Here Monday. We go, we've got another. we got the Central Division preview on Monday. And then yep, by the end of the Jesse week. Montano on from uh, DNVR. Our, our, on our Monday. Sister. Yep, yep. He'll, he'll talk about the abs and, and the Central Division. And then... We're going to have some preview stories. I'm going to have one story that's sort of out of the box, but a, a fun story. I, I, I caught up with former Coyote Justin Hodgman, and I'm going to do a story on him actually next week as well. So next week's going to be loaded with written content. I'm I'm kind of back in regular season form now here, PD, where I'm writing damn near every day. So well, you better because you're sitting on a plane on Wednesday, so you better yeah. have time to write. Right, yep. I, got, I got the weekend, buddy. I got the weekend because the Coyotes are on the road, so oh. I'm start cranking out the copy now. Well, I, I'm excited for to get the season started. Unfortunately, Craig won't be here when we head to the Mullet on Friday yeah, for the ASU show, and he won't be here for our opening night of Pack Therapy on Thursday. Maybe it won't be Pack Therapy. Who knows? Maybe we're talking about a surprise win, and that brings up another point. Yeah, they've had before, a lot of success in Pittsburgh, right, Petey? Before we sign off, I, I just I, I'm seeing all these predictions, and I've read two. In the last 24 hours that have the Chicago Blackhawks lower in the Central Division than the Arizona Coyotes, I, I don't know. Do they not see Kane and Taves are still there? I know they might get traded, but they're not traded today. 
You didn't see that from Vegas, did you? No. Yeah, not like the it's greatest Coyote. odds I see from Vegas have the Blackhawks ahead of the Coyotes, and Vegas knows. Vegas always knows. Well, Craig, I think it's that time on this Thursday to wrap up so we can start prepping for tomorrow's show. I'm not going to prep for tomorrow's show. I just said that to sound important. Then Leah can come back and do all the heavy lifting again. Thank goodness, Leah. Hurry back. Please follow us on all your social medias at PHNX underscore Coyotes. Follow Craig at Craig S. Morgan on Twitter to get all of his content. And please become a member at gophnx.com. I'm Steve Peters at S. Peters Hockey. Subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Hit that like button. Pound up. What are you you slapping a button? I don't know. The like button, the thumbs up. Please follow us, and we'll see you all next time on the PHNX Coyotes podcast. See you tomorrow with Keith Yandel. Thanks, everybody.